Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. Hello, and welcome back to The Video Store. This is Late Feast, a podcast where we run your favorite filmmakers and films through the gauntlet to determine whether it still checks out or whether it's time to put it back on the shelf. I am Justin. For Eric, Pat, and Wes, how are you fellas doing? We are now, Justin is Ira Glass, and this is an NPR podcast. We had to switch it up a little bit. That's, that was a guy who actually works at a video store. <laughs> Absolutely, because this is my... 18th time messing up the log line. <laughs> I just have to make sure I get it right for you guys every single time. Welcome back to the show. Uh, oh, we are amazing. back after a, oh, a short break. Uh, we, we did a Mission Impossible episode, uh, which did really well. A lot of people fucked with it. They, they loved it. And I think that we all we were all happy with how it turned out. Did you, you guys saw the ticket sales? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was you, number one second week in a row. And I think that we all saw the movie. Before we actually start, like, let's... let's I mean, what'd you guys think of Mission Impossible Fallout? We we saw it. Uh, I think we all saw it opening weekend. Yeah, uh, it was it was very good. I mean, it, it was pretty good. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Which one was it? Was it? It was very good or pretty good. It was pretty good. I think it's it was pretty good. Uh, the spectacle of it, uh, in no surprising uh, thing, was amazing. Yeah. Uh, some of the plot was hard to watch yeah i mean it's it's typical mission impossible the cloak cloak and dagger uh plot of it all is not very impressive you're just there to watch a four foot eleven scientologist try to kill himself I disagree. on screen i thought this was the one of the stronger plots of the six movies i feel like more or less the same of as rogue nation and, and ghost i mean and, it was a direct sequel to rogue nation yeah so it was like you know the same the the trip the best part to me was me leaning over to justin and because he had seen it before uh, before I did, <laughs> and he came back with us, and I was like, hey, man, I, I really have to piss. Should I go now? I was like, don't do it. <laughs> five, five seconds later is like the biggest triple, quadruple cross. Uh, it's the best thing in the movie. Yeah, reveal of the film, and I was like, okay, I'm very glad I didn't do the that. The most impressive thing about the movie is uh, the trailer is a pretty big mislead. More yeah. or less. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's no. Well, are spoil- should we spoilers? I, or? People probably there might be still be a few. That's it. Well, let's just say that it was a mislead. It's the, only the second weekend that's yeah. been out. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to spoil it yet. Uh, I, I see if it was out a month, but yes, the, the trailer is a big mislead as to uh, certain things that happen. The amount of people in certain scenes. I think we all looked at the bathroom <laughs> scene and yeah. thought that it was like six people. It's only three. <laughs> it is the hereditary of Mission Impossible trailer. Oh yeah, <laughs> there are a bunch of scenes. There there are scenes where uh. What's her name? The, the the main girl. I forget her name. She's 
the group and Ethan like loves. I don't know a single character's name other than <laughs> the other than Ethan and Luther. <laughs> I know that Luther. I learned like this time around. Like I, I didn't know it before. Like we made the last. Her part. name is Elsa Faust. El- Elsa, yes. Elsa Thank Faust. you, Wes. But he said, but it, it, he's, but but the main bad guy says Ilsa. That's Ilsa. Yeah. Very interesting. That's yeah. how he talks. He talks like a molester. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was a, a really solid, you know, intro. I, I mean, if not one of my favorite movies. Of the year so far, yeah. I, I loved it. It was a blast. Yeah, the Halo jump scene is an all timer. I feel like uh, I haven't stopped thinking about that since I saw it. That's breathtaking. Yeah, it. Um, the McCor- Chris Christopher McQuarrie is a master at these um, at directing action sequences, and there's just like a rhythm and a tension to it that's just like I was on the edge of my fucking seat watching that Halo jump. Shit was crazy, and knowing that Tom is really doing it. That's it, yeah. It's sort of become bigger than the, the movie yeah. itself. Yeah, and the, the, of course the stunts are there. They actually kept the fucking. Uh, they kept the cut or shot where Tom Cruise actually broke his ankle. Yeah. And then these time I, I saw it twice. So like both times I saw it, I was like, "This is the part." And then he does it, and I'm like, expect them to cut away where they did it. They totally show him limping away, yeah. and you know it's a real limp, and that makes shattered it ankle. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite of the Mission Impossible's. I agree, yeah. Wes. I it's agree. number one now. I agree. Uh, this is the most fun I've had in the theater probably all year, and we all started laughing every time Tom Cruise went into, like, full, full sprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely started some applaud, like crowd uh, laugh breaks. Like, when we started laughing at Tom Cruise sprinting for no reason, he's like, I'll be right back, and then, like, jets out of frame. Like, we would just lose our shit, and everyone would be, like, a trickle effect in the arc light. Arc light. Uh, uh, but as a shout out to ArcLight who uh, sponsored <laughs> our last episode on Mission Impossible. I want to thank them, and hopefully they're, they're able to sponsor <laughs> other episodes for us like that. Uh, of course, people, you can go to ArcLight right now, ArcLight Cinemas. I believe they just opened one in Boston. Uh, really? Yeah, I, th- I believe so. Um, <laughs> shout it, it out just, to them. Thank you, for, you know, everyone who, who goes to ArcLight, make sure that you mention the podcast Late Fees, and they will give you 20% off your next ticket, and that's everyone that goes to ArcLight Cinemas. Uh, shout out to ArcLight. Uh, we'll see you there at the movies. Yeah, baby. So, um, so we talked about a current movie. Let's talk about uh, movies. Let you know. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to our subject. This has been a, a long time coming. Ever since our Ben Affleck episode, yeah. we're continuing our summer blockbuster kind of theme here. The summer we're going to talk about Will Smith, Big Willie, Millennium, Miami, everything. <laughs> one of the Miami. biggest, one of the biggest uh, action stars, you know, of of our of our time, really. And and one thing that it's like sticks out to me is that like Will Smith movies to me were like some of the first movies that were kind of destination doing like stuff that was like outside of like the regular Batman cartoon shits that I, that I wanted to ever see like Will Smith movie you had to be there on the first weekend uh, when I was a kid the first movie that I really demanded my mom take me to see uh, I think was Men in Black uh, because I don't know I don't know how old I was but I think I was like six yeah. or seven uh, and it was PG-13. That was a big deal. My mom uh, didn't want me to see it. I wasn't allowed to see shit uh, when I was a kid. Uh, and she probably didn't want to go see Men in Black. Uh, but she laughed so hard at the skin is hanging off your bones part. Uh, I'll remember that forever. Yeah, I saw that with my dad too. But I definitely saw um, Independence Day in theaters. And that was sort of like the beginning. That was like the, him at the high, like the beginning of him ascending into Hollywood elite like where Tom Cruise at that same year of 96 became like undeniably the biggest 
star in the on the globe. Absolutely. Um, Will did, Smith was beginning his ascension. Did any of you see Independence Day on the actual day of Independence, like on July Fourth? Uh, the day it came out. I saw it like a couple weeks after. Yeah, it was a couple weeks. But I saw it in the theater too. I saw it for the first time about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it the day of, and when I saw that movie. I saw it in a little tiny theater, and, and if you're from Norfolk, Virginia, you probably know this old theater, Janif Theater. Shout out Janif. Uh, and that theater got torn down, I want to say, about a decade ago. R.I.P. Janif. R.I.P. Janif. Uh, not better than Arclight, though. Um, <laughs> and I saw it, and... Arclight Cinema. It was, it's the closest thing that I can, I can say that in my lifetime that I had a War of the Worlds moment where there were actually people in the theater that thought this shit was, like, happening <laughs> for real. And there was, like, a couple old ladies, like, oh... My lord, if we come out of this theater, like we're, the whole world's <laughs> going to be gone. Oh shit! Because that's how scary, scary that movie was to them. But we're going to talk about Independence Day. Uh, what, what I, I what I wanted to get to is the manifesto that Pat actually wrote up for this. I have not read it yet, so all <laughs>, laughs and anything else will be completely uh, in the time and completely like this is not scripted or planned. Pat, what was your what was your motivation to writing the manifesto before I read it? Um, and and before you start, the name is Big Willie Guile or the startling story of the secret Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, it, he was like another obvious choice. Um, A lot of people requested it on Twitter. And this one. yeah, it's two Scientologists back to back. Yeah. We're going to get so fucked up. Uh, I'm going clear. Yeah, just wait till the Giovanni Ribisi episode. <laughs> uh, Mod Squad, what's yeah. up? Uh, he, he, Will Smith is an interesting guy because uh, the Ben Affleck episode, uh, where my conclusion was like, oh, Ben Affleck is awesome. He doesn't make my favorite movies, but he's so awesome it doesn't matter. Will Smith, uh, I think, ultimately doesn't really make good movies. Uh, like, his ratio is horrible, if you look at it. Uh, so, I don't know. That I don't know why he's so successful. I mean, I like him. He's a crazy... I like him less and less. But, uh, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. You wanna know why he's successful? Because black people. That's not a bad reason. It's, it is the absolute truth. But he's... He makes bad movies. And... Well, you can't people, tell. You white can't tell. Also, a, love Will Smith's bad movies. You can't tell a fifty-five-year-old auntie from the <laughs> south <laughs> that Will Smith movies bad. It's just not gonna happen. Hey, they it, just won't let him go. Like know, Spike Lee. I hope she's seen Bright. <laughs> <laughs> no hell no. They only use Netflix to uh, watch comedy specials and <laughs> stay away from that. Is a new black. It's way too much lesbian stuff going on in that. I, I think Will Smith also just like tapped into a winning formula very early. Where I mean, he he's even talked about it in interviews. Where it's like, oh, spaceships, aliens, uh, robots. Like this is my wheelhouse. This is the first movie I was in that made hundreds of millions of dollars. Independence Day. It was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. Yeah. And he very rarely strayed away from that formula, much to his detriment. And I have theories about when people compare the megawatt star power of between him and Tom Cruise, who was the bigger star. And we can get into that. But, yeah, his uh, his formula for, for becoming the Mr. Fourth of July or whatever his nickname was. <laughs> um, like he had, like, six summers in a row where he had the biggest blockbuster movies, and they were all big, fantastical, you know, sci-fi action comedies. Um, he was like the Jay-Z. Honestly, he was like the Jay-Z of, music, of, of movies. Like, Jay-Z came out every summer. Will Smith had an album right after that. Yeah. Or not an album, a, a movie right after that. But Sometimes an album. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
Let's get to this, this, manifesto. this manifesto. Man, hit it. <clears throat> Will Smith is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Reports from earlier this year rank him as the 19th highest grossing movie star of all time. Do you think The Rock will beat him? Uh, Probably. Probably? No yeah. one's going to see the movies anymore, though. The, the Rock it's is all overseas. oversaturation. Yeah, his movies are just doing better overseas now, and ticket prices are higher, so I think he has that, yeah. that win behind him. He'll probably back. be like 50th when it's said and done, I think. Who, Will Smith? The Rock. Probably, yeah. Uh, compared to almost everyone else on this list, he has made, few far, uh, he's made far fewer films. His dollars per hit ratio is pretty great. He is one of the best examples of star power overcoming movies that should be bad and movies that actually are. As it stands, he has not made what most people consider a good movie in over a decade. And before that, he only made them sporadically. Can, can I argue that? After the, at the end of the manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> we got to argue that. A decade? What's the le- I mean, what's the, we can look at a list. We'll look at a list. But because he was, and the truth remains, so charming, the ridiculous slash bad slash dumb scripts didn't matter, and the tone of these movies complemented that charm very well. A great example of this is Men in Black. Less so, Wild Wild West. He bounced around making movies like this for all of the 90s and tried to branch out by making Oscar nom... Oh, no, no, by making movies like The Legend of Bagger Vance, a movie whose title is hard to say without laughing. Hmm. But the branching out paid off in 2001, and he got big looks in an, an Oscar nom for Ali. Looking back, this nomination seems more congratulatory than serious. Then he made some sequels and a lot more money for a few years, got another Oscar nomination, and then made I Am Legend. Before its <laughs> release, that seemed like it may be, another, may be the one for Will Smith. A movie that perfectly synthesized his penchant for both drama and sci-fi into nearly one-man show. And his charm would bring it all together. But that didn't happen, and he made Hancock, which fell flat in his face, and he disappeared for four years. And then he came back, and he was lucky enough to eke out some decent reviews for Men in Black 3. This was squandered immediately. (laughs) He's since made six movies, four of which are some of the worst reviewed in the last decade, and probably longer. The other two are middling dramatic performances that people won't remember. This run of horror has culminated with Bright, a cop duo movie which Netflix touted as their first true blockbuster. And who better for the job than Will Smith, whose fortune and fame is cornerstoned on bad boys and men in black? He practically invented the cop duo genre. As it turns out, probably anyone, because no one fucking likes Bright. <laughs> the movie's failure doesn't fail, uh, fall completely on Will's shoulder, but as the cap to his recent stint, it does beg the question, what happened? And we will ask, what happened on Lafey's? So, the first movie we're going to get to, first movies we're going to get to, is Bad Boys. The current Bad Boys duology, which would be a trilogy <laughs> in, what, 2020, when the, the next one comes out? I don't know. I was just reading about this, and Bay is not, still is not attached to direct the third one. That's scary. Wasn't it Carnahan or somebody? No. It, oh, Carnahan was supposed to, and I think it's he some, even bailed. I think it's like a directing duo or something. It's it's not... I don't want to see... I mean, I don't think Bay's a good director, but I don't want to see him... I don't want to... I don't, so, I don't want to see him not on that. The show's moving forward, though, the Gabrielle Union. Uh, She's got a spinoff? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Ten years after. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Bad Boys 1. This is a movie which has... Sees Will paired up with uh, Martin Lawrence, who at the time was also on his, his own hot streak. We could have, like, a real conversation about Martin Lawrence <laughs> and his movie career later, but... Uh, this was really kind of like a breakout movie for both because it was their first as, you know, two leading men. And it was also a cop duo movie or a dual cop movie where it was two African-American men. Uh, saw, you know, and that's something that's like kind of at the time unseen and unheard of where yeah. you had two, two you know, African-Americans heading up a film 
directed by Michael Bay, who was still up and coming himself. It was his that was Bay's debut feature. He yeah. was only directing music videos. Like he had done like Tina Turner. It and, shows. Yeah. And you can tell. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> you and can tell. <laughs> just from the way it's edited to the way it's shot and framed, it is very music video like synthesized like a music video. I mean, that's still the way he Shoots and frames it. Totally, totally. Oh, go watch uh, uh, Pain and Games. Yeah. <laughs> I think Pain and Games is actually really good. I've come Very around good. on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to Justin's point, like, that was a big deal where it was like, here are two relatively new on the scene uh, black actors as leading men, where before they were mainly just supporting characters like and Mar- comedians yeah and yeah. martin lawrence you know popping up in boomerang he was sort of like the comic relief in already funny movies uh like house party and and will smith had almost tried more dramatic chops like he had done six degrees of separation yeah. which infamously he played a gay, gay character and refused to kiss uh michael ian hall <laughs> not kidding like it was like he was he literally said like i don't want to gross out my fans so, like very early he had this very masculine and myopic image that he was protecting, which he still kind of carries on. I mean, he the, slapped the, it before he slapped the, uh, he that, that Russian guy. guy. <laughs> he gave him the backhand like three students. <laughs> that, that was one of the greater moments. But yeah, um, so it was a big deal. And not only was it, you know, we had seen African-Americans in action movies like Predator and, and, and Die Hard, but yeah, they were always the sidekick. And But this movie didn't the make it. Weapon is kind of a... Danny Glover sort of laid the, the yeah. groundwork for that. But yeah, but it really wasn't about them being black, which yeah. is refreshing, which like later in Michael Bay's work, he couldn't avoid like using stereotypes. And there and are definitely still stereotypes. A hundred percent. And bad boys. A hundred percent. Cuban stereotypes. And oh, yeah, European stereotypes. And Latin, yeah. especially Latin ones. But and like they don't get they don't improve that much by the time bad boys too rolls around. Oh, about, oh like, I mean, that. like the difference between 94 and 2002 or whenever it was, which is crazy that it took that long. Yeah. But there, like you think like, oh, it, it's a lot better socially yeah. in between those two times. And like, it regressed. It, it's, yeah, it's not better. We, we can get to bad boys too, but yeah, it is, it is offensive. And also a big, uh, kind of a, a big thing for me at the time was like, I loved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I loved Martin. That yeah. was like, that was your destination viewing when you were a young kid like me. So it was like, who was, at the time, it was like, who was funnier? It was like the Prince and MJ moment. And mm. it's like, you yeah, never really yeah. got to see them together before in a movie. So like, to me, looking at that, it's still a huge, because you don't even see that really today. Like you see it with The Rock and Kevin Hart, but it was like, The Rock is from a completely different world. Yeah. And he comes into this world. These are two, at their peak, comedians, actors, at their TV peak. At their TV peak, yeah, really. Celebrity and doesn't really exist in the same capacity to like no. allow something like this to happen. Again. I would I would actually argue Martin was probably a little bit bigger than Will Smith at that point, just because of his stand-up career. I think you're right. Uh, Def Comedy Jam had just really popped off in, in a mainstream way. You're so crazy it came out before that. Yeah, and yeah, he was sort of the face of, of a, like the way Kevin Hart started as a quote, I hate the word, urban comic and has become this mainstream Goliath. Yeah. Martin Lawrence was breaking through and was it the second season of Martin when second or third when Bad Boys came out? Yeah, it was about the I believe it was the second yeah, season. So like it was a runaway hit. The first season was Smash It, the same way Fresh Prince was becoming like the more iconic sitcom of the nineties. Yeah. Um, and I think that was on its fourth or fifth yeah, season. It was, it was earlier, point. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so Bad Boys One takes place in Miami. 
You have the here no nonsense cops. Marcus Burnett played by Martin. No Lutz. nonsense or all nonsense. One hundred percent. No nonsense. <laughs> well, that's that's how you. That's how they introduce them, and then the, the, they they're mad about getting food and food in this fucking yeah. car. Uh, and Mike Lowry, who who is played by Will Smith, of course, who are investigating. Uh, <laughs> a heroin ring. <laughs> yes, it's always heroin. A heroin ring. There is a dead uh, woman. Prostitute. Dead prostitute. I, I didn't want to say that, but there's a dead sex worker. Yes. Is and that? Can we not say prostitute? No, it's fine. no. We could say fine. prostitute. Well, I, I just want to say. I, I think say they were literal escorts, but they were pretending to be escorts yeah. at the behest of Mike Lowry. He got a woman killed. Well, yeah. we Wait, talk, we could talk about. Were they not? Prostitutes? No, he was an informant. No. They were informants. I think. Well, actually, though, I think the one who was shot might have been an escort. Ma- she, Max like, was his. She was Tia an informant. Leone, and she right? was his ex girlfriend, and Tia Luna was her was her friend. So yeah. they were both. Well, Tia Tia didn't know she was with an informant. Yeah, and like the yeah. person gets like caught up. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she ends up getting killed because she got too close, so to speak. As messy as our explanation is of the plot, it's that's the how messy it is. <laughs> it's the movie. Because the thing is, the movie starts out with them in the car. It has nothing to do with anything that's about to go on, but it kind yeah. of introduces you to the characters. Yeah. Where Marcus is kind of like the Murtaugh, if you yeah. will, of the, of the two. A little and, and more of the straight, not straight man, but... A, he's the comic relief through and through in this movie. Mike? Martin. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or, or Marcus. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but he's he's the comic relief, but he's also a lot more agitated and angry. Where Will Smith's Mike Lowry was the cool, calm, collected, suave guy. Yes. The, the funny thing about these two guys being cops is like it's it is especially now it's like oh it's nice to think that there are cops as cool as uh, Will and Martin, but in the actual like like yes that is great, but when you, <laughs> what you think about like in a in a very perfect world. What you actually would want a cop to be is like a a, a level-headed guy who is in a totally unbiased way committed to justice and a dedicated social servant. And Martin is basically an angry coward, <laughs> and, and Will Smith is a really rich guy who's like a cop as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you no, know, not only is Mike Lowry rich, and this is a hobby, he's also a murderer, <laughs> and all he cares about is pussy. Yeah, it is pretty. It is a pretty insane character, like written, insanely written character. Where yeah, he's a trust fund kid. Yeah, it's like yeah, I just want to like, <laughs> I just literally want to shoot people and drive drive cool cars. Like we were celebrating this. Why? Like we have these cops in but real they life. Made it like Michael Bay makes it so cool because like I remember at the time this is so sad like it's just so bad to say now I was like I want to be a cop like Mike Lowry because <laughs> it just looked cool he had the yeah. open shirts with his with his chest out and yeah. shit and this, he is, had a this gun. is before he was buff in Bad Boys 2 yeah, like, he was like bird chest <laughs> <laughs> he had like the double guns he was getting yeah. mad girls I was like yo this is this is cool we, we can do this but essentially like the, the movie kind of uh, it go like these two are like the most bumbling detectives that you've ever seen in your life. They get everything wrong. This it's so surprising that it even ends the way that it does, and they actually win because they do everything wrong in this movie. Yeah, I had a question. Did you guys grow up with this movie? Yes. Like, did everyone? I I did not. No. Kind of. Because uh, I I'd never actually seen this movie until I watched it for this podcast. Uh oh. And I thought it was terrible. Go off, King. But um. So. We should have a discussion about that stuff. <laughs> Do you want to get to the plot? Because there's a, I mean, the, the a big crux of the plot is kind of like a, a, a Freaky Friday mix between Marcus and oh. Michael, 
where uh, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's so it's ridiculous. 90s, like, it's a nineties movie. Yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 aged. It's like a com- It's a comedy of errors sitcom. It, it actually works as a sitcom plot where and I didn't want to cut you guys off, but yeah, there's a mixed identity because Tia Leone, the uh, friend of the informant that Julie, yeah, gets witnesses the murder that uh, at the hands of this is he Russian. They are, uh, they, I believe, are Russian, yes. Yeah, uh, heroin dealers, uh, European her- heroin dealers. She has never met uh, or seen Will Mike. Smith's character, yeah, Mike, Mike Lowry. So he's, when she needs to like, find him, because she escapes from getting killed herself, she, uh, she, has, she finally meets uh, Marcus, um, Martin Lawrence, and he has to pretend to be Mike. And she's like, I thought you were like tall and handsome. Like, blah, blah, blah. So it's just like these really obvious, like the viewers like, come on, we know how obvious and this meanwhile, is. Meanwhile, Martin Lawrence is like really thrown off his game even more so because Will Smith is at his, Martin Lawrence's house, hanging out with Martin Lawrence's wife. And he and thinks like, he's like having sex with his wife. Yeah, yeah, and like nothing weird is going on at all. And no one but Martin like presents it like that. Ever, yeah. Will Smith and Martin's wife are just like really like chummy, and they love like hanging out and making fun of Martin. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ruining Martin's life yeah, while he, he's trying. A to, happy like, home, yeah. you're fucking up my happy home. Yeah, cause okay, because Mike, uh, Mike Lowry, Will Smith, the Playboy, and Martin Lawrence is like this uptight, neurotic family man. So like he, every it's the dramatic irony of him thinking something that isn't happening. And there's a lot of that in fucking Bad Boys too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that again. But, yeah. but, to, but to address what you're saying is, no, I didn't uh, grow up with it. And for the same reason that I think probably I think Independence Day is a worse movie than people who uh, grew up with it might think it is. Uh, because I think that's also kind of a bad movie. I don't think Bad Boys is a good movie. Uh, I like it, but I don't think it's especially good. I think outside of Will and Martin... And uh, Joey Pants, who is uh, amazing as their boss, he's in both so movies. good. Just, he's just so get, good. just put Joey Pants in everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's great. The scene, the scene where he's playing basketball is like a scene <laughs> from Along Came Polly. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, but outside of the three of them, it's pretty poorly acted uh, all around. And Tia Leone in particular is terrible in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's really... Uh, yeah, I felt bad for her. It's hard to watch. I mean, and, and I felt bad for acting, shit. Yeah, <laughs> Bay is still obviously not somebody who's a great director uh, and just won't be. But this was like before people had figured that out in the 90s, kind of. <laughs> and like being Michael Bay was like a legitimate 90s aesthetic. Uh, but like I hadn't seen this since probably high school or college. Uh, and... The opening scene when, like, they're driving around with a bag of french fries in Will Smith's car, and then when they get out of the car and they're standing at the car and, like, arguing about it, there's so many Dutch angles and (laughs) close-ups on them while they're just standing there yelling at each other. Love it. It's so music video-y. Amazing. And it's disorienting, almost. Like, the the hues on, on the color palette are, like, bizarre, probably unintentionally so, but they're, like... It's both washed out and kind of high contrast, so it's, like, very weird-looking. And the whole thing is just kind of disorienting, and I know that probably wasn't intentional when it was made, uh, but I kind of like it. Yeah, 35-year-old Michael Bay was like, oh, this is really going to wow them. Like, just <laughs> oh, the... Man, the, the, sh- the scene in the club where Martin gets... Before I say that, like, getting a plastic bag put in your head is just frightening to me in general. Yeah. To see him get out of that scene was like... 
oh, great. That scene is <laughs> cut so wild. It's like so much shit's happening. It's like Will Smith's over here in one second, and the other second he's over there, like with like singing down with the dancer, looking at her, her shoe or whatever, while Martin's fighting. He becomes like a competent street fighter in that bathroom yeah. scene. It's a classic, like, when they need to be a good fighter, a character can be like as good of a fighter as they like were at one point in their life or something. You know, it's... That uh, the club scene was like a Maxim commercial because it's <laughs> Michael Bay. Yeah, like I mean, there is a lot of the movie that is like that, and if it weren't so, like obviously we've talked about this and like what it meant at the time, uh, and if that wasn't part of your experience with it, I can see obviously how it would not survive the test of time as much. However. You haven't yet seen Bad Boys Two. I have not. Which, well, like, we gotta talk. We gotta yeah. talk about Bad Boys One. I gotta hear what Wes has to say about it. I think. I. I mean, I think he's probably the only one that has like starkly negative reactions to it. We all don't think it's yeah. like a great movie, but it's. It to me, it has redeeming value in the yeah, fact. Totally. Has that it. I, just, I, I just mean Bad Boys Two also makes Bad Boys One seem better in retrospect. Bad Boys Two is better, but, it, but go ahead, Wes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't have too much to say. I just found it very forgettable. I like I as a movie for like saying like this is the pinnacle of Will Smith. Like I actually found him very like boring in the film. Like I don't think he stood out that much. I think it's more of Martin's film. And uh, I like doesn't have an arc in the movie though. Like he has like no story arc in the movie. But at least he's entertaining. Does Will Smith have an arc in the movie? Yes. It's, I mean, the whole movie is his fault. But what's his arc? Like, what does he come from what to what? He has, he essentially, everything he's doing is, is motivated by the guilt that he feels for letting Max die. Yeah. And essentially, that's why he goes so hard in the movie, and that's why he's so pissed off, because he let his ex-girlfriend die trying to do something for him. All of the informants are practically his. All of the biggest action scenes are practically... This was a movie, if, if anything, that was built to make Will Smith the everyman action star more than Martin Lawrence was because Martin was like the court jester for half of it. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a... Uh, and I think this supports both sides of this argument, actually, uh, is that Will Smith is kind of like the uh, Sherlock Holmes and Martin is kind of like the Watson. Uh, He's a Swiss and, Army knife in the movie. Yeah. He does everything. And a lot of times when you're reading the Sherlock Holmes stories, you're like, oh, Watson is actually the smart one here. And the story's actually kind of his, because even though Sherlock Holmes is, like, the central piece of this, Watson is the one who's, like, there with Holmes and realizes, like, what's actually going on. Marcus reacts to everything that is, like, ridiculous in the movie, and that, that is his job. And I think that gives people, a, or it might give people, like, a false sense that this is really actually his movie, but I feel like Marcus is us. More so than he is in Bad Boys 2, where he actually has an arc that goes throughout the whole two-hour movie, and I, I feel like it's a stronger story because of it. Two hours would be generous. <laughs> two hours and then 40-something minutes it's, is generous. It's 2.28. And it's amazing. It, it is amazing. And the final or close to the final set piece where they destroy an entire hillside shantytown yeah. with a Hummer uh, all the way into like the, the mansion shootout. Michael it, Bay didn't tell any Cuban that that was happening. Just, <laughs> he drove through real houses. Oh, stop. Houses. They created the scene. I know, but it's funny to think about because it, it is that insane. Like, it goes on. They go down a mountainside with this 3,000 homes. It's like a sight gag. Like, it oh, is, oh, totally. It's it slapstick. But, but, but this, the Bad Boys 2 does shockingly warrant its uh, 
it's long, long run time. It's amazing. The action is, I mean, there's like guys, I don't want before, it. But before we get into that, Bad Boys 2 came out in 2003, uh, almost a decade after Bad Boys yeah, 1. Eight years. And there had been a lot of things that had changed uh, between that. And then uh, Martin Lawrence's career was kind of had a steep fall right after Bad Boys. Yeah. I, I think after that, uh, you had two, three more seasons of Martin that went well. Fifth season was a complete and utter failure. Because uh, it, him and Gina couldn't even be filmed together. Yeah, Tisha, uh, Tisha Campbell yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get it together. Then he, I mean, obviously, like, not, I don't want to say she couldn't get it together. I, I think Martin couldn't get it together right. because of the things that he was accused of, you know, doing in the show. Uh, and he was, I think it all kind of culminated in him being on the, standing on the 405, I believe, out here, uh, on, high on PCP. Well, yeah, well, there is, you know, <laughs> Dave, Dave Chappelle talks about it. He's like, what, what would lead a man... Uh, who was relatively sane and you know um, kind of respected as a, as a family man and like just a really responsible guy like they're trying to kill me that's what he was um, he was screaming that, he was right? screaming that he was just running down the 405 but I think I mean we, we cut out like a good four years of like almost unprecedented success like yeah. a- after Martin yeah it didn't on a sour note but Blue Streak was a huge hit people mm-hmm. still love Blue Streak I, I, I it love holds Blue up yeah I mean the two big Mama's House movies—they're laughable, and we, we we can talk uh, about the national politi- security. I think it's fucking hilarious with Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn is killing it. Steve Zahn's haircut in National Security. Yeah. Get out of town. Yeah, it, it, it's an unreal movie. But like, I think the success of Blue Streak and the two Mama's House movies—we can talk about the oh, big Mama's House. Holy shit! Yeah, the political ramifications <laughs> of that, or whatever. But like, those were massive hits, and I think you know there was some internal Hollywood um, strive, the same reason that led Chappelle to walk away from season three. I mean, those were massive Hollywood hits, but they were nothing compared to what Will Smith was doing. Absolutely. But I think, you know, someone like Martin who came from, you know, like his trajectory into stardom was so different besides like the TV show similarity to Will Smith. Will Smith immediately went into blockbuster hits. Martin was still doing the small time comedy thing and then had these multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar movies make you know, sort of catapult him into a different I mean, just, stratosphere. Just, just think and of I think the he list. lost. I think he lost. You know, lost a grip and no fault of his own. This 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 town is fucking disgusting. Like, just look at the list. I mean, of you know, of Martin's left turn to Will's. Like, right after Bad Boys, you had Independence Day. Then the next year, you had Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, you you had uh, Enemy of the State, which he, which is great. Holds which is up. like his first kind of like serious turn with Gene Hackman. Uh, between, first, first time working with like an auteur and Tony Scott too. Yes, and then uh, he turned down the Matrix in favor of Wild Wild West in '99. Uh, who? Okay, <laughs> for who? One extremely terrible decision. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this is the, I choice. think that's the decision that will all. I, I mean, to me, that might have started the the decline down. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine <laughs> with that. I, who? Who was he going to be? More? He was going to be Neo. Neo. No, he, yeah. Yes, he was going to be Neo. And crazy. Jada was going to be uh, Trinity. 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 That would have been amazing. Well, she made it into the movies anyway. Yeah, because yeah. she's not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, true. that that was like the beginning. That's when we first started to like peel the layers back of this very image conscious, um, strange comfort zone that Will Smith would never want to leave for like a good decade. The same reason why he turned down. Tarantino for Django. Yeah. Um, you know, there was the Wachowskis already had, um, you know, some clout in, in Hollywood. And this movie was a very dark and dystopic and, you know, spoke to larger themes of, 
existentialism and, and and it was really heady and 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 deep. And I don't think Will was just like, why why am I doing this? I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be a cowboy with. Um, uh, Kevin, Klein. Kevin, Klein Kevin Klein and Selma and Hayek. Brennan. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah with <laughs> the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. There was a, the, you guys remember, I don't know if you watched this. Steampunk, the, baby. the MTV? I want to say it was the movie awards mm-hmm. where he, he performed I remember. Wild Wild West with Stevie Wonder on, on uh-huh. the piano. They did this great big royal thing. They had all cowboys like a saloon out, fight and everything. Cabaret, yeah, all that stuff happening. At the end of the performance, they all walked off stage, <laughs> and Stevie Wonder was still in the piano. Oh, <laughs> come on. Then they, they were waiting him. for someone to come get him. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Patton Oswald has a great story about that because he wrote for that MTV movie oh, awards, shit. and he was like, I almost like hated Will Smith for the rest of my life because it was like, it, well, it started out him saying he almost hated Will Smith. He's like, I actually feel bad for the guy because like, the guy can never be alone. There's 50 <laughs> people around him at all times. He said he like looked at Will Smith and there's like, you know, his assistants and his family and his kids and his friends' friends and his kids' friends and like they're all like grabbing merch and eating all the food. And he said he looked and he saw Will Smith like just sitting like blank face like. <laughs> like like zoning out and like all this commotion around him and he just was not phased like he he was just like miserable at this like this level of fame he had achieved yeah and it was like a four million dollar uh performance it was like cost more than most movies at the time <laughs> just uh, on, a, on a piddly and that just goes to show you just how big mtv was at the time yeah as how well. much money they could just shit out just throw away and uh so wow wow west Colossal flop. Did anybody see you all West? I actually like it. I I've think it's fun. I've never seen it. It's fun and I, dumb. Oh, dude, you gotta watch it. It's, it's bad and it's racist. <laughs> yeah, Will Smith literally said <laughs> it's bad and it's <laughs> racist. Will Smith. <laughs> we gotta put that on a shirt. <laughs> you gotta watch it's it. It's bad and it's racist. Sponsored by Arclight. Will, Will Smith literally says the the line, "Slavery wasn't that bad." No, yeah. not even kidding. I don't remember that one, yeah. but I did remember that That's Kenneth been in the studio with Kanye. So. <laughs> uh, I can't. Even say this line almost. It's like Kenneth Branagh like rolls up to Will Smith and he goes, "Jim West, I haven't seen you in a coon's age." Yeah. Oh, and you're no. like, "Whoa!" Well, the, wow. And they trade barbs back and forth because he, uh, uh, General West, is in a, um, or not Jim West, uh, Jim West, I the think. Blood, General Bloodbath McGrath. Uh, Kenneth Branagh's character. <laughs> How do you remember so uh, much about this fucking movie? I love this movie. Uh, they they trade barbs and it's like all double entendre because he has no legs. He lost his war oh, legs yeah. in the Civil War. And he was like, Wilson was like, ah, this is my favorite kind of occasion. It makes me want to stand up and enjoy myself because the guy has no legs. And then he says like another racist yeah, joke. Yeah, he just keeps Smith. saying racist things yeah. to him. He's like, oh, like, good boy and shit yeah. like that. And Will Smith just takes it on the chin. It's an, it's an insane movie. It's, it was the, for kids. The, the, it was for kids. I All remember I remember is the giant spider in the South Park episode. Yeah, good, good steamboat. Steampunk, I mean. Good and they had, they had big um, movie tie-ins that I think it might have been Burger King. Oh yeah! Wild, wild, wild oh, I miss those. I miss those tie-ins. Oh, remember the Batman cups? Yes, Batman I still Forever? have the Batman cups. The, one, the coolest ones, Two Face with the coin as the holder for yeah. the mug. That was McDonald's. Mug. That's awesome. It's great. There they, was a tie-in on screen that he, he we should. Whoever wrote this should have been dragged outside and shot. It was Kevin Klein made these like. Um, Animate uh, animatronic shoes that would launch Will Smith up, and they're like, "I need a nickname for my new invention." And his name is Artemis Gordon. He goes, "Air Gordons." Oh no! And he like almost like winks at the camera, like it's it's an insane movie. I'm gonna see this movie. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna you're gonna lose your shit. My, my favorite tie-in was Batman Forever because they literally have Batman be like. 
I'll get drive through oh, and an Anna McDonald's tie. <laughs> and there's an uh, there's an OnStar yeah. thing. Isn't Jesus there? Yeah. Christ. Yeah. Though that tie-in was great because of those cups, yes. and they had a uh, Batman Forever burger. I can't remember exactly. The Arch Deluxe. What- yes, and <laughs> I was obsessed with that as a little fat kid. Because so. no, I had because I was a- like, I'm Batman. My my my. <laughs> I had many a Arch Deluxe during my day. Wow, we just went five, we went five minutes. <laughs> We're wild, never wild coming west. back to Will Smith. We, you, but you know what I was thinking? Remember that time we went to San Diego and we all sat in the in the fucking Airbnb we were at in the trap and Thank watched you, Eric. Batman Forever. Thanks, Eric, for leaving us in the fucking trap. <laughs> and we watched Batman Forever, and we 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 were watching it like it was fucking ninety five again. <laughs> This we, podcast we is have, derailed. Actually, no, no. But the, the, the thing is, though, this podcast is really kind of like the direct reason. Like, that movie is the direct reason why we have this podcast right now. Yeah. 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 Just the yeah, way we talked true. about that movie. So I We should do was- just a podcast episode on Batman Forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Batman. Fucking amazing. Anyway. Or just the Batman series, and we could go through all of them. <laughs> we're going off, off script here. We, were, we, won't we love West. movies, folks. We, we really like Wild West. We really like tie-ins with corporations. <laughs> Thanks, Arc- Speaking Arc- of corporations, Arclight Cinemas. <laughs> Arclight Cinemas. So Will went on to portray Muhammad Ali in the 2001 biopic Ali. Uh, he went on to become nominated for Best Actor. Uh, he, I believe he won a Golden Globe for that, didn't he? I don't know if he won for that. I think he won. Or he for got nominated. Pursuit of Happiness. He might have gotten the Globe. Okay, so that that's a movie the Golden Globes would love to give an award. Totally. So in in between then and then, from Ali to Bad Boys Two in two thousand and three, he was pretty much putting it was it was starting to go into decline. Men in Black Two had come out between that and then Bad Boys Three. What do you think? Why do you think Will Smith came back? I mean, it had been so long. I, I, I know I've been harping on this um, for a bit, but it, it comes down to that very brand conscious um, uh, sort of artifice or this like patina of 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 action stardom that that he really he I mean the guy's admitted that he cares only cares about box office like yeah I know we're jumping ahead but like when focus came out he was like I'm leaving the country so I don't see what the the opening numbers are like he is just so broken by like nobody else saw him either <laughs> I, I thought focus was okay but you know he 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 he, he tried <laughs> he tried his luck with uh, he stepped outside his comfort zone made you know a, a pretty impressive political thriller with Enemy of the State it was well reviewed it didn't make a ton of money I think it probably broke even at like eighty mil but it wasn't like this international two hundred million dollar movie um, and the same goes for Ali uh, true all tour with Michael Mann making this very very ambitious biopic that spans from his relationship with Malcolm X to mm-hmm. to uh, his rumble in the jungle with George Foreman. It was very, very slow and deliberate and one of my favorite Michael Mann movies, but that movie, in, in, I don't think it flopped, but in Will Smith terms, it absolutely flopped, but I think it only made like 50 million. So it was like, okay, I, I tried to spread my wings a bit. It's sort of like the Adam Sandler syndrome. It's like I spread yeah. my wings a bit. You, got, you guys don't care, even though <laughs> yeah. critics love it, and he was getting awards and 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 more credibility as an actor, as a thespian. He's like, okay, I'm just gonna go back to that that wheelhouse that I know will make tons of cash. And he was fucking right. Bad Boys Three, Bad Boys Two was a fucking smash. Yeah, I believe he made uh, over two hundred million dollars just domestic. Uh, overall, yeah, just domestic overall uh, reviews. Yeah, 
we're not pretty. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, rem- I never, I have not seen Bad Boys 2, but I remember when it came out hearing how bad it was. So I'm surprised yeah. to hear you guys love it so what, much. It, what, it, I think history and time has gone on. Yeah. I think that it went the other way as far as that movie goes. I think history has been a little bit kinder to Bad Boys 2 than most would have thought at the time. Because I remember it, I, it, it was called the most violent, dumb, mindless movie ever. But I was like... I mean, you could say that about a bunch of shit. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's literally yeah. the same movie, but bigger and, and better. Would you me. say that the public opinion of Bad Boys 2 started to change when uh, Edgar Wright started talking about how great it was in Hot Fuzz? Yes. Do you yes. think Edgar Wright is responsible for the I, maybe, reappreciation of Bad Boys 2? May, maybe in, in film nerd circles, absolutely, which, yeah. you know, sort of like spreads like a ripple effect. But yeah, um, if for, losers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Edgar Wright uh, not even parodies it, like just pays homage to it. In he Hot obviously Fuzz. loves it. No, like, it, there's absolute homage love to it in Hot Fuzz. Um, just the slow pan around uh, Simon P- Pegg and Nick Frost when they get out of the car. Um, I mean, the one, gr- inarguably, the great thing about Bad Boys 2 is the action scenes. I yeah, mean, it is astounding. Yeah, it's the same. There's a technical plot as the first one. Yeah, but I mean, it's Miami, seriously no. is like Evil Dead. Yeah, it's like he just had more money <laughs> to do it. Like do it the f- again. Yeah. The first shot of Bad Boys Two is a mountain of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the first which shot, is, which is what got Michael Bay through the movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and like if sorry, go ahead. no, sorry, I was just saying, and like a, a camera pan like through a club and through like a glass window. Yeah. Like yeah. the camera is always in motion and. My favorite part of this movie, not favorite part, but it's insane that the movie starts with a guy Odin on X, yeah. and as he dies, like he coughs his last breath, the first thing you hear is Nelly going, oh, <laughs> and then, uh, shake your tail feather starts playing. Like, that, this guy just died. What are you here's doing? Here's the thing, and, and I was going to go back to what Wes said about the critical reception to it. I never saw that, like just growing up with this movie. Like, I never saw like, it. It was pretty much universal. All of my friends growing up loved this fucking movie mm-hmm. and yeah. they loved it because of the soundtrack oh the soundtrack is amazing because the, the the Mount Rushmore of comedians is yeah. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith so like it's it's crazy not crazy but I, I understand why people hate these movies but it's like there are people that grew up with these movies and they fucking it was my lethal weapon yeah because yeah. I didn't have an appreciation for lethal weapon until I was much older yeah it's funny you say that because this felt while, while the set pieces are so much larger in scale and scope and technical proficiency like it did feel like with a much higher budget because i think the budget was like 120 mil or something yeah. like that so the destruction levels and the what they were able to do is, is impressive but like it almost felt more of like a throwback to like the mctiernan days uh, uh uh and like yeah older bigelow point break kind of stuff but yeah. just with an insane budget and the hyper cartoonish mind of Michael Bay uh, choreographing yeah. the shit. The, the really cool thing about this was that, I mean, it was 03, mm-hmm. so the internet was still fledgling. It's, it, it's aged like 03 as well. Oh, yeah. It, Ecstasy? Yeah. <laughs> Ecstasy it, ring? The movie has not aged well in, in many regards, uh, socially and uh, social, politically, and, you know, whatever you want. Rampant homophobia in this uh, one. But the... Uh, the thing was, is like I remember the trailer for this is like legendary because not only was it uh, you know so long after the original movie, but it was again like before the internet, and so it was before like movie news was as uh, ubiquitous as it is now, yeah. and like instant and immediate, and trailers weren't online. I mean, trailers weren't really online. Videos weren't on the internet uh, like they are now, and 
so like for some people going to the theater and seeing this trailer was not only the first time they were seeing the trailer it was the first time they were finding out that they'd made a sequel you know eight years later to yeah. Bad Boys and then you couldn't get online and, to tw- like spread yeah. that word and, yeah. and the opening of the trailer is just this scene where you know it's a KKK mm-hmm. meeting and then they throw off the KKK robes and like start laughing while they're clearly gonna like fuck over the KKK yeah and it, the, that it's part a great of the trailer, trailer is like I remember being in the theater when I saw that. I mean, it was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. It this felt is like crazy. felt like incendiary as yeah. a kid. Like uh, it's like that. It's that classic uh, Michael Bay low angle shooting upwards. Giant uh, cross uh, doesn't burning. make anyone <laughs> yeah. look good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> giant cross like becomes a blaze. It starts from the bottom, goes to the top, and then yeah. Uh, Michael Shannon, the Grand Wizard, uh, <laughs> like b- barking off some you know racist bullshit, and then yeah, like Pat said, a lot of n words in that first yeah, twenty. Flip, uh, 10, off, flip off the, the the robes, and it's yeah. Um, oh shit! It's the. Oh yeah. <laughs> he says he says it in a very funny way. He says it like nineteen thirties racist. Uh, yeah, he kind of yeah. He switches the R and the A. Uh, very also, I love your partner is a cocky in, and then, and then Martin's <laughs> like, "Oh, why he has to be all?" I'm glad you have to say that. Like I, Martin's still trying to like f- sympathize with the guy. Before guys. I get to that, like I'm, I'm trying to sell Wes to watch this movie. Wait, you just said that Michael Shannon plays a grand wizard. Yes, he's not yeah. a grand wizard. He's he's like a he's like an informant slash like he's like a shit stain in the KKK. Yeah, he, okay. he's like a local shit. Yeah, that I mean that alone makes me kind of want to Peter Stormare is the. Uh, the villain in this, he was the. I watched like a bunch of stuff that from like '95 to about '04 in like three days. Peter Stormare was the villain in oh every single <laughs> one. Yeah. He's 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 chewing scenery here. So the the crux of Bad Boys Two is kind of like the escalation and what what when is Marcus's what's his breaking point and that's the that's the whole crux of the movie. He yeah. gets an arc in this movie and I, and that's why I love to talk about Bad Boys Two because the thing that sparks this arc is that. Mike accidentally shoots Marcus in his ass. At, at the KKK. At right. the KKK yeah. shooting. He, he gets shot line, in his ass. It's the fleshy part, not near the hole. <laughs> great, great and this, And uh, of course, uh, Marcus is taking stress relief and therapy to actually offset the fact that being Mike Lowry's partner, it sucks. Yeah. And I think that I, I love the, the subversion of you never really get to see Murtaugh outside of the movies where it's like working with Riggs kind of sucks. Yeah, it was like... In Bad Boys 2, you see that working with Mike Lowry sucks ass because every single time, in in a way, like Bad Boys 1, he's always reacting to it. In this one, he's actually reacting to it and saying, why did you do that? Why did you... Like, like Mike is killing informants. Mike leaves a lot of collateral damage and, like, that becomes, you know... A running gag in the movie, like there's a, a great uh, scene at like a Haitian trap house, yes, and it's it's an incredible electric kinetic scene. It leaves a lot of dead bodies, but uh, you know, and that's just like Martin Lawrence, like he wants to be a good cop, and Mike won't let him. He's like, oh great, like let's talk, let's ask this guy if he has any uh, any info that we can take. Oh wait, he's dead, and then like <laughs> he Mike he like pantomimes talking with his dead body, but like. Yeah, it's, it's a it's he's, a he's scene also. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, actually a grisly movie. It's very violent and and very racist. Um, uh, but well, yeah, I love it. yeah, no, but it's great. Um, but yeah, Martin Lawrence, that 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 is, that is the it's like Murtaugh saying I'm too old for this shit, but actually doing something about it. But yeah, in in a full character and the full like narrative form of that. Love Bad Boys too. I would I would suggest Wes. Check it out. You would at least like the set. Pieces. You would, yeah, the set pieces are awesome. They're like we, me and Pat have been harping on this one set piece 
for weeks with Wes. There is a scene where they are they are transporting ecstasy in the bodies of cadavers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there is a chase scene where they're throwing the cadavers at the people chasing them, which is more, it leaves more credence to the fact that Mike Lowry doesn't give a shit about anything. People are it's running collateral. over these bodies in the street. This movie does not respect the dead. My biggest <laughs> issue with it, though, is that Mike doesn't get a comeuppance at the end. They do end up winning and that, like, it, you know, it's all forgiven in the Spoiler. end. Mark, like Marcus doesn't like he, he actually says I'm not going to be your partner like I'm, I'm putting in my release papers I don't want to be your partner anymore and then you know damn this movie's long as shit because it, Marcus's so sister is yeah. in this yeah. movie and she's a she's part of Mike's arc I love Bad Boys too. Hey, hey I, I think it's really good. There, I think it's good. It winds up, they literally have a shootout it in front of Guantanamo Bay. It's insane. Like, this movie spans the globe. There's like 12 different subplots where Mike gets romantically involved with Martin Lawrence's sister, which... She's also a cop. Is yeah. Also undercover. Fires her gun for the first time, but it's a Mossberg pump shotgun and has, <laughs> she, has, she, has perfect, she has perfect aim. Blows a guy literally out of a car with the shotgun. And at the end, Mike, Mike it's like dramatic music playing and Mike Lyra goes, first time using your gun? She's like... Yeah, and her hand okay. shaking, but like she was it's like okay. lighting motherfuckers <laughs> up. It was so funny, man. Uh, but it's typical Michael Bay, just yeah, bombastic and silly, but like actually truly impressive. Uh, and yeah, and great Joey Pants, the the captain is bad. Oh, he's yeah, even he better. He is so good. The, the Angrier. Latin, the Latin partner or the, the other two Latin guys, oh. they get the worst racist jokes yeah, in this one. They're very racist. <laughs> However, they are they save the day. Yes, essentially yeah. they, they save the day. And the big set piece in Cuba, is, I, I still think is one of the craziest third acts this side of a Fast yeah. and Furious movie. It's it's 50 minutes nonstop yeah. of action. Uh, there's a home invasion, a home explosion, a car <laughs> chase throughout all of Havana. The shanty town destruction. Shootouts in front of fucking Guantanamo. And I think it's split top, wigs. I think a top three uh, man bad guy kill. In oh yes, movies. very <laughs> slow mo and graphic and detailed. <laughs> very like rendered in fleshy detail. <laughs> Unreal shit. Um, it's horrific. It's horrific. But it's um yeah, and it's a testament to you know we can debate whether Michael. I, I truly believe Michael Bay is an auteur. Like he may not be a good one, but. You know a Michael Bay film when you see it. His fingerprint is all over it. Uh, explosions become background noise, like you see in fucking uh, in these Transformer movies and stuff. But I honestly feel like there was a, a cohesive visual language in this. It wasn't just all explosions. It was shot well. It was staged well. There's um, actually like a you care about Mike and Marcus's relationship too. It's the the one movie you finally buy into. Oh man, the scene where they're at the video store and they're talking he's talking about how he can't get wildly hom- wildly homophobic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, since my, uh, the the movie's ripe for homophobia and 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 body gags and sight gags because when he gets shot in the ass by accident during the KKK opener, um, he has it, it renders him impotent. He can't get an erection. So of course it's a men- totally mental. It's thing. mental because yeah. the bullet has not rendered him. Yeah, because yeah, the, 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 the well, he's impotent in the relationship. Yeah. He, he can't like speak out against his partner, and it's it's crushing his sex drive. And uh, yeah, so they go into a movie store to try to. Um, um, Re, um, they try- they're just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a light moment. They're yeah, just they, sitting down talking because they want to get evidence. Yeah, they, they're trying to salvage a videotape that a bullet went through, so they take it to a video store. <laughs> <laughs> 2003. 2003, video store. It's like a circuit city when they have VHSs. And uh, they don't know, unbeknownst to them, they go to a room where it's being live streamed and like they're talking. And of course, uh, the, the people in the store don't know they're talking about uh, their partnership as cops. And 
and the hole that is in his butt from getting shot. And it, it sounds like they're talking about penetrating one, one another. There is a lady. And it's played for like, ooey, so it's like super homophobic. There is a lady in there that says, are y'all watching homo shows in there? Yeah, and y'all need Jesus. Like- and she, yeah, it's wildly homophobic. It's disgusting. But like. It sounds very Michael Bay. Yeah, it, it's played for laughs, baby. Like, uh, but. Yeah. Hey, my neighborhood loved it. But <laughs> that, was, that was Bad Boys too. Uh, when we come back from break, we're, we're going to talk about. It's a perfect segue, man, because we're two cop films. Yes. The great cop films are like the buddy cop genre that Will Smith helped reinvigorate to a late career cop movie. Well, he goes back to the well. That Will Smith is in that, um, let's just say, was not widely uh, appreciated or liked. Yeah, (laughs) let's just say it goes back to the well one time too many uh, in this next movie we're going to talk about. But we're going to get to that in just a second on Late Fees. You all right? No, I'm not all right, Mike. Three days of this shit got my nerves all rattled. My ass still hurts from what you did to it the other night. Oh, my Lord. Hey, it got rough. I mean, we got caught up in the moment. Shit got crazy. You know how I get. Yeah. When you pop me from behind, I think you damaged some nerves. Okay. Now I, I can't. Now I can't. Can't what? I can't even get an erection. What's an erection? I'll try to take a Viagra. You know, pop one, pop two. They eat them like Skittles. That poor man is pouring out his heart. I'm still flaccid. Um, okay. I'm comfortable talking to you. It's got 5.1 Dolby. Oh, I did you ass. But you not getting an erection? That's a real problem for me. I just figured I could talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. We, we, we partners, but we are partners with boundaries. Um, we got a new rule. From now on, you can't say the word flaccid to me. He's a mean fuck. Look here. This is our little boundary box. So we're going to take the word flaccid, and we're going to put it in there with my mom's titties, with your erection problems, and we're going to close this box, and we're going to throw this bitch in the ocean. And the only way that you can get to this box is you got to be motherfucking Jacques Cousteau. We cool? (sighs) No. Oh, shit. We got to go. In front of my babies, you got porn on homo shows up in here? What kind of freak-ass store is this? Mm. And you two motherfuckers need Jesus. All right, we're back with Late Fees, Will Smith. I'm Justin. I'm, I'm here with Pat, Eric, and Wes. How you guys Hello. doing, man? That was a fun first hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are having a four-hour discourse on yeah. Will Smith. I mean, he really is, you know, we're all separated by a couple years each, you know, um, but we all sort of grew up with Will Smith in a way that he was, like, synonymous with pop culture. So, you know, we're talking about the first, you know, 10, 15 years of his career, starting in the early 90s, you know, it's it all these fond memories of, 
iconic sci-fi thrillers, big blockbusters. He defined the blockbuster era, more or less. We smaller stuff, too, that we don't have time to talk about, like iRobot. Yeah, with well that stuff. But like, that was big. That yeah, was no, big. Was, but that's like the kind of, like, iRobot was his sweet spot. I yeah, agree, yeah. That was what he probably didn't realize it, but wanted to be and definitely should have been making. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like, smarter. movies like Hitch. He, he didn't make enough movies like Hitch yeah. to me. Yeah. I think Hitch is a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's like it's Will Smith of what he does best. His very his charm is on full display. Mm-hmm. His com- comedic timing is back. He's allowed to uh, act again and not just be a, sort of like a, a cipher for uh, action scenes or like explosions around him. Would you say that in a way that most and I think and we compared him like his closest kind of like competition would be like Tom Cruise like. Do you feel as though Will's charm can like saves most of the script? Like, a lot of these movies aren't good, but Will's charm saves the script totally in ways that I feel like Tom like it doesn't always work. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. Well, and, and Tom also took bigger swings creatively. Like Tom went and worked with Kubrick and yeah. Scorsese and Paul PTA. Thomas Anderson. PTA. Like he he really stepped outside of his comfort zone and like well he's always like a great. I mean he did Oliver Stone in, in the late eighties. He did uh, Born on the Fourth of July. And um, think, did he get nominated for an Oscar for that? I think that or that was the beginning that, of his. That may have been his only nomination. Well, he got oh, well, and Magnolia, Magnolia yeah. but yeah. So he had always taken these these big, you know, artistic leaps. Uh, where Will, when he tried, and they didn't make that much money, like um, Enemy yeah, of the State, uh, <laughs> Enemy of the State, or or even um, Ali, he was like, yeah, fuck it. And then, but then you know, he he did do those quieter films, like he did do. Pursuit of Happiness and with um, his son, I, yeah. I think that started the trend of him doing movies with his kids with Young Jaden. But that movie made a shit ton of money. He got nominated for an Oscar for that. Um, lost to uh, Forrest Whitaker for um, Last, Last King of Scotland. Last King of Scotland. He played Idi Amin. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember <laughs> uh, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker. His name getting called. Will Smith stood up to like try to have some like solidarity moment with him and like hug him. And Forrest Whitaker just made a beeline for the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get up there quick enough. No, like it wasn't malicious. I don't think he saw him, but it was a very funny moment. I just don't know why that yeah, stuck with hilarious. me. Um, but yeah, so he but he still had a great run. Like he did um, yeah, it was like Hitch was a, wasn't critically loved, but it made a ton of money. Then Pursuit of Happiness. Hitch was like another movie that like back in the day as kids you like you got to go see that movie. It was like American Pie, like one of those movies yeah. where it's like it was a little, clean, go it was a little cleaner, but like there's still some good gags and like yeah. yeah, it was a romantic rom rom com. It was like a rom com that like everybody could go see. Totally. And like thanks Will for making it. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the, yeah, it was. was yeah. It's the makeout movie. So like I, I call those movies like makeout movies yeah. where you go with your little high school girlfriend and it's like you go sit all the way at the top mm-hmm. and you're like oh shit. Cut a hole make in out the... for like ninety minutes because you can't do that around kids, around your parents. Wow, you guys didn't go to make out movies. It's nice that you guys had high school girlfriends. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, Listen, man. But if, wait, that, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good either. Uh, wait, what year was Hitch? No, what year was I Robot? I Robot uh, was oh four. Remember, remember, it's every year. That's right. So yeah, I was oh four. I think Hitch was oh five. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness was was tw- uh, 2006. Yeah, and then and then, and then I Am Legend, Legend, which was you know that you know a lot of that, I think that divides people, but like that made a ton of money, and I think that was the beginning of the of the the the, the downfall, the, the the deep plummet um, in the post 2008 landscape of yeah. Will Smith. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that ultimately, like the the I Am Legend isn't that good. Like it's pretty like bland. Um, well, why do you think it's bland? Because I, I, I usually hear, like, really positive stuff out of it. I think that the horror elements of it 
aren't fully realized in terms of creature horror or in terms of like intense loneliness horror. Um, I don't know, man. I cried when he talked to the to, on, to the on. to the mannequin. <laughs> Get in there, but <laughs> please talk to me. But I think that the movie. Uh, also, I think they. In, I like the alternate ending better than the real ending, but I think they ultimately kind of just like didn't know what to do and just ended the movie. <laughs> but. I do think that it has some of Will Smith's best acting ever yeah. in it. Uh, the scene of him talking to the mannequin in the video store, I, I think, is probably the best acting I've seen him do. Yeah. Uh, or when he has to choke Samantha, the dog, his dog, his only partner. Um, yeah, extremely sad. Yeah, he has, yeah, he gets infected and he has to um, basically put her in a chokehold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like a tight close-up on his face as his eyes well up and he like he's like humming to himself. Yeah, so he, Will Smith strong enough to... Choke out a German Shepherd out. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But yeah, I mean, that movie being kind of... I think he thought that was going to be like, oh, this is it. Like, this mm -hmm. is the perfect formula. It's respectable. It's not too intense plot-wise, so it could still make a bunch of money. And... I get to tell some jokes during it. Like, I get to do the Shrek thing. That I Am Legend was a movie that... One thing that rubbed me the wrong way, and this is something that Will does in every single movie. I don't know if you guys noticed this, like after 2001 or two, maybe after Bad Boys 2. He cries in movies for no reason at all. <laughs> There's no reason for him know, to I cry in this movie. But in every, like, I, I could just think of maybe th- looking at the list Pursuit of Happiness, he cries. Well, yeah, he's homeless and sleeping in a I am, train. I, I'm just, but I mean, like, you're saying you think he has like a, a that's his trope. An intense acting moment. Yeah, flaws in that, these like I am Legend is a C script that he gives A plus acting to for no like Tom Cruise ain't fucking crying in I Am Legend. He just wouldn't have made the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he he gives these performances like he like he puts his all in these movies like, and we're gonna get to this with Bright, but like I really think. Will believed in everything in Bright. Like I was, like I said it when he came out. I was yeah. like, he's acting like he believes all this shit is real. Well, it's <laughs> just to double back real quick. You make a good point that I, I thought about. Whereas, like you notice how he had these capital I important dramatic scenes where he has to cry. I think it coincides with his downfall in quality, and I think his uptick in affiliation with Scientology. Where here we go. <laughs> and I'm, and you, I know I beat a dead horse, but like. <laughs> Hancock, Seven Pounds, and After Earth, which was a Scientology, a movie about Scientology. Yeah, like he. Why do all the movies After Earth, Battlefield Earth? First off, shut the fuck up about Earth. <laughs> Second off, it's got all the secrets. These are like the they legitimately the ones that are the most blatantly like Scientologist movies are among the worst movies ever yeah. made. But it's so weird. I can tell you why, because Scientology is fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the science fiction parts of it are bad. It's very bad. But like that that is when he as an actor was making different choices on screen. Like he is unlikable in Hancock, like doesn't emote, almost like has like a scowl the whole time. Same he, with He's seven. weirdly, weirdly like tough guy gangster in that movie too, which I don't even think fit there either. Yeah, and then same with Seven Pounds, where it's like he's almost like just like narcotized, like he doesn't do anything. And then it was sort of like brought into fruition with After Earth, where that movie is literally about suppressing emotion. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was like a metaphor for A, him handing the baton to his son to, you know, figure out his way in the, the wilderness of Hollywood, but Which also. Is weird like, in itself. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a really strange movie. But I watched it again recently, and like 
it's no fault of M. Night Shyamalan. It's actually got some pretty inspired uh, moments in it, but yeah, it is a creepy uh, Scientology propaganda. Doesn't, doesn't Will have a weird ass accent now? I've, I've never seen yep. it. Cypher Rage. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah, it's a strange, strange accent. He's, I'm telling you, like, he doesn't emote. It's like a, it is a anti-emotion film because that's what like Scientology. I love professes. the idea that I love the idea that uh, the After Earth is a Scientology comic book and Will Smith is just playing out of a role. Yeah. <laughs> but that 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 backswing after you know we talked about with um, I Am Legend, he makes a string of flops and string of his worst performing and worst rated films. Um, that eventually, I'm sure we can fill in some holes here. Let's go to a uh, Winter's Tale, Winter's 2014. Tale. Terrible, what? terrible. Focus, 2015. I don't know how you guys feel Extremely about that. Extremely terrible. Well, I hated that. You movie. skipped over Tell the Truth. Oh no, we didn't because that was that was that was that know, was before that, Focus. It was a, it was a no, it wasn't. It was it was the end of the year. It was like December. Oh, same year. Yeah, it was the oh, same okay. year. That was one of those rare years where he had two movies yeah. that year. And he's been doing that a lot more often where he has multiple movies yeah. in a year now. Well, Winter's Tale, like, he literally just shows up. It's a Colin Farrell film, but, like, he just shows up as, like, a Luciferian character. Yes. And he has, like, eight rows of teeth, and then, yeah. like, he fucks off for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Uh, he had Concussion, which I thought, it, th- th- that was the movie that I wanted to, to argue on Pat's manifesto, really. I thought Concussion was pretty good. I'm guilty there. I haven't seen it. I think his African accent is as bad as the African accents it's in the Black wrong Panther. Country, yeah, yeah, it's it's like I I was like, if you don't want to get an actual Nigerian person or, yeah. or someone from there, like don't fucking make the movie. Like yeah, Will Smith, tell the truth. I guffawed, cackled, yeah, <laughs> loudly during that movie. But I thought Concussion was pretty good. I didn't see it. It's not. It's not it's like anti NFL. You have yeah. to see it. Yeah, that is a <laughs> Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson plays Roger Goodell, which is pretty impressive. Yes. I did not know that actually. Yeah. That's amazing. It's okay. anti NFL. Yeah. That's oh. the reason to see yeah. it. Yeah, I gotta see it. It's, okay. It was yeah before before we were all anti NFL for Ka- and in solidarity with Kaepernick. This so what's was after. What's after that? After concussion, you had Suicide Squad, which uh, which he I was okay in. I don't. He has the worst scene when he point. He has the hallucinates point. Love, I love. Oh, yeah. I love. I love. Brings that scene up every it's, single. It is one of my least favorite scenes in a movie in a, in, in a while. I think that I'm not arguing. I'm Listen, I'm not fucking arguing Suicide Squad. I think the movie only works because of the cast. I think Margot Robbie's great. I think Will Smith is great in that movie. And I think that is kind of like there's not in the to me. There's not enough Leto for me to actually even judge him in that either. I just think that it works because of the cast. He's the parts of the movie that work for me work because of the cast. But I mean, let's Stay with general consensus here. It's a bad movie. It's thought to be very terrible. Yes, yeah, it's a terrible movie. Yeah, it's uh, real and, bad. And still, 2016 Collateral Beauty, which is one of the weirdest fucking movies. I mean, that it's I've like Geely level. Like, what happened here? Yes. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it only because people were like, "How? What? Yeah, like Geely. Like, what could have happened? It yeah. is a metaphor. I, from what I believe, it was a metaphor of like, uh, kind of like a Christmas tale. Yeah, like, what, what was that shit called? Uh, a Christmas story. A Christmas story. story. It's like a metaphor of that where he's he's playing. Uh, what's the guy's name? <laughs> this is suddenly like Ebenezer a Scrooge. Movie. Yes, Scrooge. Smith is Scrooge, and then he has all well, these Christmas like Carol. ghosts. Christmas, Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Christmas all these story people, is with uh, I shot my eye out. Yeah. 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 And Karen Knightley's in it. And Edward and, Norton, Michael and, Pena. Like it has like incredible actors, and it just somehow becomes like it, it is. It is like gone down in the past few years as one of the worst movies. Of all of time. The century. Yeah, like, I mean, you know it's bad when One Republic has a song specifically <laughs> for it. Like, One Republic is your death knell. One Republic should stick to what they're good at, which is making music for Apple commercials. <laughs> <laughs> developers conference. And then we get to Netflix original... Bright. Bright. Which is... 
him teaming back up with Suicide Squad's David Iyer. Uh, Big mistake. Um, <laughs> who I have opinions on, but I... Uh, <laughs> he makes like the, David Iyer Sam. makes like the same cop movie over and over and over again. Right. This movie actually has the same twist as Training Day, which he wrote. Uh, <laughs> though I mean, uh, Max Landis wrote Bright, yeah. but it, I this thought, was his Star Wars. I know. Oh uh, God! And the way the movie opens, you can totally tell that he wants this to be way more grand than it really is. Uh, so I mean, should, Bright is a movie. Uh, it is a movie on Netflix where Will Smith plays a, a LAPD cop. Uh, except in this Los Angeles, uh, it is also inhabited. People, human people, get along just fine. Because instead of differences between human races, there are differences between actual races, and there are humans, orcs, who <laughs> look kind of like made, they're made of dirt and like glowing rocks. Yeah. Elves. Fairies. There's a centaur at one point. Uh, fairies? Yeah, fairies. Yeah, yeah fairies. fairies. It's so... I don't know about you guys. I didn't know that much about this movie before I watched it. I thought it was just going to be a very pedestrian, oh, white pe- people in this movie are white people, and orcs are a stand-in for black people. All, black people, and because it's L.A., many other non-white But to drive to drive it home, Will Smith... Has is in an interracial relationship to drive it home yeah. and this type of stuff. Yeah. It's accepted now, guys. It's all cool like it wasn't accepted before. And then, I mean, obviously the movie has many failures, but the basically it's a move. The movie is a racial allegory uh, that is ultimately a complete failure because there are differences between the races. Yeah. <laughs> Humans have different powers than orcs who have different powers than elves. So the message is not we're all the same. Let's get along. It's we're all different. And, and some of us are superior. Fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us have better powers yeah. than others. Yeah. I mean, it, within the cold, I mean, I think the credits are still running and Max Landis, the hack sex, <laughs> Max Landis, that hack sex pest. What? Put, puts in a. Chronicle, great movie. Uh, puts in a, uh, an all lives matter sort of, uh, like joking, remember he has Will Smith say "fairy lives don't matter" today when he kills a fairy in front of a bunch of uh, like he swats like a fairy. Um, uh, oh yeah, and he air. shoots it like twenty times. Yeah, fairy lives don't matter. Like it's like okay, so you're like subverting Black Lives Matter uh, in the in the opening shots of the film when you already are ham fisted about race, and it's just like. I was like, I need to turn this off, but I couldn't help myself. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> and that came out over, like, Christmas break. So no one had anything else to do last de- last yeah. December. So we all – I remember just being on Twitter. Everyone was watching Bright at Wait, the same did damn this time. come out, like, a month or six weeks after Trump was elected president? I think before. Oh, after. No, yeah, it, was it was after. after. It's, it's yeah. 2017. Yeah. It, it was, was his 20- first year. It was his first year. So it, we've this, been doing a year of it. This, yeah. this movie isn't even a year old yet. No, it's not. No, it, it was like, it came out Christmas. Yeah, it came out December 22nd. It's like eight months old? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. God yeah. It feels yeah. like this movie's yeah. been in my life forever. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It has warped our sense of, of time and our perception of so if I, life is worth living since that So that. I asked the same question that I asked with Bad Boys 2. And this is a different, obviously a different situation that Will Smith found himself in in 2017. Bad Boys 2, he's coming off arguably the most successful stretch of his career. 
Now he's on his the lower end of his career. What makes Will Smith choose a bright, and what makes him choose going back to a buddy comedy this time without Martin? Money. Yeah. <laughs> on, but on Netflix this time. I mean, it's obviously not for box office acclaim, so I can't even say it's money anymore because, I mean, it's it's not being it's, it's, tracked that yeah, way. Yeah, it's all up front, so it's like he was probably just given, like, all all his points up front, probably got, what, 30 mil for this. Yeah. Doesn't have has the has the safety net of not having to see box office numbers. Netflix will always say, this is the highest watched, because they don't release their numbers, so they just put a statement out. And now Will Smith looks like he's in a successful film. Yeah, I don't I think I think when Wes says money, I mean they I think ultimately he's right, but what Will Smith wants isn't money. It's just did the people love this movie? Yeah. Because it's the same thing we were talking about like Tom Cruise will take a role and he doesn't give a fuck if you know people people didn't see Magnolia. Like, <laughs> that movie didn't make any money, and Will Smith's wanting a movie to have big box office numbers isn't necessarily wanting to win a box office, but he wants proof in the pudding, numbers proof that people loved his movie. And if the box office is high, then he has that, mm-hmm. and he can get that on Netflix. Yeah. So he's probably thinking Netflix, like new. Like territory that I can stick a flag in big mm. time. People love me for making buddy movies in the past, buddy cop movies in the past. Yeah, his buddy in this movie is Joel Edgerton and I feel so bad for him. And Blueface. So yeah. It and, was strange. And he probably thought, you know, at this point, he probably wouldn't want to go toe to toe with Martin because even though Will probably has a better legacy or at least a more intact legacy, he probably couldn't keep up the same way he could when Bad Boys was was out because I think Martin is a better comic. Yeah, because Bad Boys was, much of it was improvised between those two. Yeah. yeah. It was like, a, there was a real chemistry between them. Yeah. And so he probably thought between Netflix and, quote, in his mind, and this is not a knock on Joel Edgerton, I think Joel Edgerton is great, but he probably thought like, acclaimed actor Joel Edgerton and new place Netflix yeah. plus me and cop movie mm-hmm. plus message <laughs> equals great. Yeah. Plus and, like monsters yeah, and, and elves. Yeah, and yeah, it didn't equal great. Yeah. It's, I mean, it. I thought it was gonna be pretty bad, but it was. I was surprised at how bad it, it was. was. A, it was a ninety million dollar budget. Max Landis, that hack sex pest, got three million dollars. <laughs> Is his company the Trigger Warning Entertainment? Yeah, Trigger that's Warning. That, that's, no, that's David Ayer. Yeah. That's da- oh yeah, my that's, god. That, that's Is that, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, so, of course it is. Yeah. First off, if your name is Trigger Warning yeah. Entertainment. You should change it to try harder in cell entertainment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so out the jump you're getting Trigger Warning is the name of the production company. You get a, like a an all lives matter kind of joke, but not really like and it's an allegory about race. Like you're already in for it's a recipe for disaster, especially dealing with someone like David Iyer who is obsessed with police. It's he's he is blue <laughs> lives matter through and through. And, like, and that and that reigns supreme in this movie. Yeah, the worse bad. than any other one he does. Like I watched Harsh Times and End of Watch recently, and like those tiptoed close to indicting the corruption that is rampant within police. People but like, love End of Watch. I think it's a good movie. I still think it holds up. It is propagandish, but not offensively. Like, like I said, it gets close to being like, oh no, there is a. He admires the 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 brother. Like he, he's obsessed with masculinity in, in the opposite way that Michael Mann is. Like. He he likes wounded men at work while Iyer fetishizes gun, <laughs> guns, tough men doing unscrupulous things like that movie Sabotage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He directed that too, but like he got close to having some sort of message about 
uh, a failed political uh, police system while still respecting the cops, whatever, fuck yeah. off. But at least he tried back then. This one is a straight up Blue Lives Matter. And I'm just like, why would Will Smith fucking do this, man? Because Will Smith, to me, has no concept of reality. I think it's I think it's the thing where you're, you're in the bubble for so long. Yeah. Then when he finally kind of poked his head out, it was like, and I'm not saying he's, he's ignorant to all social issues. I mean, he's spoken on it uh, in an interview. His most recent interview with uh, Elliot Wilson and Title was actually very odd in, in, in its interview sense because it's like, well, why are you doing this interview, Will Smith? Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird. This is like, you, you haven't been a, a staple in music in a while. But also in seeing really where his mind is and what he thinks about happiness and success and stuff like that because the way he thinks about these things are completely opposite of what he's said all his career. Yeah. He's saying that happiness isn't a dollar figure, but I'm like, motherfucker, you did Men in Black 2. Yeah, did Men in Black 3. You did Men in Black 3. <laughs> like, I mean, you did all these movies. and that- It's kind of like the thing we see from a lot of celebrities, I think, like it, to not, not like on a Kanye level or something where like you're being willfully ignorant and intentionally crazy, but like somebody like Will Smith, uh, who has hung out with Kanye, uh, <laughs> uh, but somebody like him like making like a Blue Lives Matter movie or something, uh, we do see it from celebrities pretty often where they come out and say something that is more or less just like ignorant, but it's because they're really, really simplifying an issue. Sure. Like Will Smith thinks that because he has notoriety and because he can make this movie, if he just makes a movie, like if he comes out and he's like, if I play a cop, then like that'll bring everyone together. (laughs) That's what the country needs. And like, sure. Like if that were possible, great. But that's not going to happen, and you look dumb for saying that and not knowing better. I mean, it was like when Lynch said that Trump could be a good president if he just changed his tune. Like, sure, that could happen, but you should be more responsible and informed than thinking that the guy could change his tune overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And you, Will Smith, should not make a Blue Lives Matter movie for the same the same reason and, and they laid on thick from minute one in bright will smith is not only blatantly racist in a way towards these other these other species of, of characters in the movie but he's also badge above all and his biggest conundrum in the movie is does he protect his partner or kill his own and he's conflicted throughout the movie because he actually kills some of his own who were trying to essentially they're, kill they're them assassins, basically. yeah they were trying to kill him and he was like well what the fuck did i just do that's his big conundrum in the movie, and they're looking for a fucking magic wand. There's so much world building in this movie that's that it's where, almost suffocating. That's what's so, so terrible about the movie, is that we've listed, and we could go on to keep listing, like, reasons that this movie is bad uh, on a societal level. <laughs> but it's also just a really bad movie. Like, the, the story is terrible. Mm-hmm. The action scenes are terrible. The twists are insanely bad it, then they try to frame it as like the, the promo was like it's like bad boys meets lord of the rings yes so like, it's like these really big fantastical elements that don't even for fan, fantasy have zero even attempt that logic like no i mean it, it, it is so hollow and, and and jumbled it's fucked up i don't even i can't even like try to describe the can plot. i can i uh recite one of the lines of dialogue oh yes, yes please. please it's really bad exposition Ain't nothing but rich elves here spending money and running the world. <laughs> Could be a metaphor for Jews. Like, you just, you just, we don't know, man. Oh, it's clear yeah. that the elf, who the like. Can we can we also say that it's clear who is who? Yeah. With all of these like separate races. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. Like it's very clear who the elves are supposed to be, what they represent, 
and uh, why people hate them so much. Yeah. And uh, I really didn't like any of the characters in the movie. No. I wrote that down. I don't like any of these characters. Well, why, I, <laughs> why don't you like uh, Nick? Is that Joel? Uh, yeah, it's Joel. Uh, actually, I was like, I kind of feel bad for Joel's character. And then I said, but Will is an asshole. <laughs> Throughout the yeah. whole movie. Yeah, he won't see. He's like a, 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 such an active asshole. Yeah. The, the reason I think you don't feel bad for um, the uh, Joel Edgerton character is because while he is the more sympathetic one, yeah. he also is basically portrayed as being like dumb as fuck. Like a lot of the dramatic tension between the two of them just comes from like Joel Edgerton not and not the big... I didn't tell you about this thing of the movie, mm-hmm. but just like scenes when Joel Edgerton should be saying more, he's just like <laughs> shutting up and yeah, staring out the window. He's not a good cop. Yeah, he's yeah. just he seems incompetent. Yeah, the I stopped taking notes about <laughs> ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> Let me just read you my stream of consciousness notes for this. Will Smith has a cousin Day Day. This is this is like a white people laugh at this joke. Uh, oh, totally. Like, it's, like, so broad and shitty, and it's that goes on for the whole movie. A- anytime you, like, think they're trying to make a racial or sociopolitical point, you have to remember that Max fucking Landis wrote this, <laughs> and there is no subtlety. It he is has absol- pink hair. It is, pink hair it, it is absolutely racist uh, through and through. Uh, then, uh, just Joe Rogan with a question mark, because I think he actually does appear in the movie uh, for a podcast. He is on a podcast, more. yeah, he uh, is. Fuck. Will Smith explaining race relations to his daughter. Oh, I wrote, why does Will Smith even have a family? They To show that he's they're married not, to a white woman. That they're, was not, they're not important. It doesn't inform anything about his character. Like he, At one point, he's like, get out of town. And then they aren't in. They're in, not in the movie until yeah, the end. Yeah. Like you know, like they weren't even important. But that's that's how heavy, ham fisted this is. It's it is. It, this came out at the you know a, a very fever pitch um, um, protest time in our country, protesting uh, police brutality and um, the murdering state sanctioned murder of black people by cops. And this movie was like, but what if? <laughs> <laughs> what if the cop is black? And his wife is white, and he has bigoted uh, um, perceptions about others. Now tell me what we do. Like he, he really thought he was writing some like deep uh, like thesis on like reverse racism or something. Like it's all in a fucking illusion. Yeah. So then Joel appears, and my note was, "Oh my God, Joel, no, oh no." <laughs> <laughs> then a few minutes later, the orc's name is Jacoby. <laughs> <laughs> They, they needed to give Wild. the orcs like some like orcish name yeah. or something like, like that. Yeah, he's like he basically has like a, like a Polish cop's name or something. <laughs> like why? Then then with three three question marks, elves. <laughs> then a centaur. Okay, I didn't know what I was in for. <laughs> then I stopped taking notes on, on this movie. I actually thought the elves kind of looked cool. I'll say a nice thing. They looked uh, a little. Like I liked all the, the blue colors. The blue colors were good. They looked like um. Some other movie. I don't. Uh, Underworld, maybe. Kind of elves and Underworld. Yeah, they're well. I mean, they're, they're lichens. Lichens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They look like um, the Hellboy two. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that all not, the ma- not to insult Hellboy two. Hellboy I, two is great. I think for ninety million, I can't tell. I was the that money wasn't spent on the makeup. I'll say that much. I'm saying most of it probably went to Will. And I was texting you. I was like. This is a ninety million dollar student film. Like, it, I was like, "Where is this money going to?" There, there was one inspired uh, scene 
Um, it was like, and I say that very loosely. Um, yeah, it might have been some of the the fuck. What scene was it? I'm blanking on it, but yeah, it was it was a <laughs> just a maelstrom of blue, like lightning and and sword uh, fighting. It, it's just I, I I don't get this movie at all. It's a ter- it's a terrible movie that I think I think it's really. Um, in a lot of ways disrespectful to the audience too because it's it's obviously projecting Will Smith's and, and I'll say that Will Smith isn't every man like every audience loves him but like I said before like there are a lot of African Americans that gravitate towards Will Smith regardless of anything and I think it's a spit in the face to make them watch this movie and have Will Smith be completely against type for no real conceivable reason like he didn't have to be and the like, racist guy and like <laughs> reading off like Almost like anti-black jargon. Yeah, <laughs> like, because it's like, like he's he is the Trump supporter in yeah, this movie. Yeah. yeah, and like and not in a way that like he was he can play against type and like and if that person is meant to be wrong, but he was right in this movie. Like he was yeah. he was like justified in this movie in the context of the movie. I was like, this is sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking bad. The fucking orc gets like killed twice. Yeah, and then Will Smith is the one who ends up being like blessed with superpowers. Oh, because yeah, of, of course, course he has. He's superpowers. the one. He's always the one. Yeah. Is the it, it's not alluded to the fact that he's able to do or, or how he was able to do this. It's just that he is the one that's going to bridge them at the end. Yeah. Right. So of course he held the just like him and I robot where he was like it's revealed in the third act that he is part robot he's like the mechanical spoilers arm. oh yeah 20 year old 20 year spoilers yeah this is it like it's like of course he hates because remember in I robot he hates the robots yeah but it turns out he is one kind of same with this just like, his arm yeah just his arm <laughs> <laughs> and, and this time it's uh yeah he hates these uh other minority races but like he is the gatekeeper of all of them and, and let's be clear Will Smith also gives another A plus acting moment in this movie to a D plus movie when he gets uh, branded or blooded or whatever it's called <laughs> at the end, and he has that acting moment I'm like why are you acting like this in this movie right now it makes no sense I mean it's like the the thing that it wants to be is a cop movie, a buddy cop comedy with the ambition of an epic sci-fi movie. Right. And even though it proclaimed neuro-supreme <laughs> Max Landis wrote this movie, it looks like it was written by a guy, a bad writer who saw some cop movies in the 80s and a poster for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like and, then, it, and then like did a bunch of coke and hung out on 4chan for it, a long time. It doesn't have the charm, not only of Will Smith, but like of the. There's no relationship between uh, the orc Jacoby and <laughs> Will Smith. Like they don't have a relationship. Yeah. It's like it doesn't have any of the good stuff about a cop movie, and it doesn't have. It thinks the only things that people want to see in a fantasy movie are like just elves and shit to be there. Yeah, yeah. there nothing is earned in this movie, and it's like. Whatever it was trying to say, it failed, but it still pats itself on the back for, like, thinking it's smart and, like, coming up with, like, a provocative way to talk about race and police and the state of America. But uh, there is one shining light in this movie, and it was one of the other shining lights in another David Iyer movie, and that's my boy Ike Barinholtz with, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> with, his, yeah. with his shitty he's cop great mustache. In the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really good at playing, like, a dickhead, like, just smarmy, slimy asshole, like, especially when he's a cop, because he did the same thing in Suicide Squad, uh, 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 opposite of Will Smith, too, which was uh, him just, like, 
Yeah, be, being he, a piece of shit. Yelling at Will in the locker room or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, he was actually killing. And then he and then he has his comeuppance, but yeah. He was it was just a cameo. That was the only bright light in that fucking movie. Right. So, so looking for we hate this movie. I don't think any of us <laughs> are gonna be keeping this movie or checking it out, so to speak. Yeah, but it's actually like when you stand back and look at it, it, it it's I mean and it has been successful, if you ask like Netflix. I don't like, know if I, I it's it's I mean, iffy. Funny numbers. F- funny numbers, sure. But the, according to the way they report things, it's been a huge success for them. They're giving it a sequel. It's their huge, huge blockbuster success, Bright, on Netflix. And, like, it's just... it's Don't, don't watch know. this movie. Yeah, it's depressing. It's really... It's really... Even plenty of movies get... And this is not an excuse for any of this. This is just how it is. Plenty of movies get stuff wrong uh, sociopolitically... They, movies get stuff like that wrong constantly. Yeah. They get it wrong more often than they get it right. There's still a shitload of good movies. This is just a bad movie because it's a shitty, shitty fucking movie. <laughs> I love that. Turn, turn that up. <laughs> turn yeah, that up. And it's just like a larger symptom of what Netflix is doing. Like, just with like the Cloverfield Paradox and Bright and these big uh, marquee films they're trying to sell as... Uh, game changers or um, seismic shifts in how f- big films are distributed, and they're all just fucking schlock. And uh, love that word schlock. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. looking forward to Will Smith's uh, upcoming movies, he has nothing on the slate this year, so we're we're free of Will Smith this year. Well, we did. We're not free of his. Uh, Scientology social media presence. Oh no, I think Will Smith on Instagram is the biggest jux of all time. Oh no, like, there's a recruitment con- video. He's converting bro. people yeah. to his way of thinking, and I'm just like, all right, you guys, one, one day you guys are saying it's funny on Instagram and telling <laughs> you things that you probably already should know out of a fucking self help book. Next moment, <laughs> you're in the you're in the fucking church. You're buying those books. Okay, watch out for Will Smith's Instagram. I don't trust that shit. That was his Actually that's his That's his 2018 That's his 2018 movie movie. Yeah It's him being on top of that fucking building During the fucking In In My Feelings challenge For no conceivable reason Yeah he's He's a weird I mean obviously He's a weird guy He's a weird guy But the thing is If you've seen that video Or you've seen that Instagram post It's so produced I was like You've been You planned You didn't just wake up And plan this motherfucker You planned this You had the clearance To get on top of that fucking building There's no way you just did that And you had a fucking draw Whatever Looking forward 2019 He has an animated movie Called Spies in Disguise Which is Whatever It's gonna do whatever It's gonna do Yeah I think he's starring Opposite uh, Tom Holland In that movie He also has Aladdin In May of Damn. next year, we haven't seen. He's playing the genie, which is like an iconic big, role. Big shoes. Yeah, they, Robin that, Williams. I could think of about fifteen other people <laughs> that I want to have in that role, other than Will Smith. Adam Driver. We will see. Do you, <laughs> do, you think, do you think they're gonna make the genie blue or or or, or a black guy? If they <laughs> are they gonna make the genie blue or black? Uh, wait. Here, here's my question: Is it? It's live action. It's live action. Okay, well, I mean, then he should just... I don't know. That make, genie... going to be racist. I swear to God, I was just going to say that. If they that don't make genie, him blue, it's going to be racist. That genie's going to come out with those big red lips, and I'm going to be like, oh, well, no, like, I'm not oh, seeing if that. If it's not animated, it won't be racist, but it will still be racist, even if it's live action. They should make him blue just he needs to, to be blue. Racist. He needs to be blue, right? But yeah. the thing is... If it if he's blue and he has Will Smith's face, I'm automatically out of this movie. I'm checking out of that shit. Yeah, I don't. Because if you remember, the genie in the original Aladdin looks like Robin Williams. 
Yeah, they're, they are um, element. They, they usually try to do that with animation. They try to add some sort of Imagine that genie popping out. the dragon looks exactly <laughs> like Benedict Cumberbatch. Listen, I, I, no one's seen anything in this movie. Yeah, at I all. mean, uh, I like the Jungle Book a lot. But it's a surefire hit, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, it's going to do it's Gangbusters. Gonna do, uh, and, and Will Beauty Smith, and the Beast did well. For yeah. Inconceivably, I don't know how. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> and then he has Gemini Man, which is the most interesting. Uh, that, that comes out October of next year. That's the most interesting movie on his slate of upcoming what, movies. What is that? Angley directed. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. He plays an, a former assassin who fights his younger self, 25 years younger than him. What? <laughs> I'm in. Bo- I, with, with Ang Lee in this? Yes, oh, Ang Lee is I'm directing in, it. I'm in. This is a movie that's uh, almost two decades in the making that comes out next October, so we, we might have to come back to Will Smith Wait, next year. Was Life of Pi on Lee's last? No, Billy, the long walk of Billy oh, Bartleby. He did that, that Billy Flynn's long halftime walk. Yeah. He, he shot in, what, like 50 <laughs> frames per second or something? A lot. I think 60. 60, 60 frames he, per he makes second. some weird choices. Yeah. So uh, and um, then uh, and, I mean I mean and looking further forward I mean obviously you have Suicide Squad two on the way I'm I'm pretty sure he's, he's wrapped up for for those movies and and Bright two whenever yeah. they decide to do that I think that might be further and Joel Edgerton get your money from Bright two get your you money to this. get your twenty mil and direct another um, the gift please oh, oh the get another gift yeah so give our, us that gift. So wrapping up with Will Smith, uh, well, like overall, his feelings on his, on his career, I, I think obviously we he, there's a good side and a, and a bad side, but I think that there there was a shining moment between the ninety nine two thousand one period that I could say were kind of his his money years to me, and then it kind of it's kind of lopsided. I think it's a lot it's a lot worse than a lot pe- a lot of people would admit. His his run has how can I frame this? His run has produced more hits, uh, just financial hits, than flops. The last decade has been marred by very bad choices and bad movies, uh, more bad than usual. Um, But I feel like he has put in enough, he has created enough iconic characters and been in enough films that whether or not they hold up as great artistic endeavors, they're good enough films that like I don't I'm not writing him off like I don't think he's a a lost cause like he's still one of the biggest stars to ever live maybe he'll have the Tom Cruise thing where he turns it around very late like he, he don't tur- got a Mission he, Impossible though yeah. I was saying he needs like his Mission Impossible he, he's turning 50 this year Tom Cruise is already in his 50s uh, mid 50s yeah late 50 shit so like he's luckily had the that franchise to tether himself to but he's also made uh, Tom Cruise made um, American Made which wasn't that bad Actually, was like very anti CIA and and uh, uh, just the corruption. Well, what, big surprise, he'd be anti CIA considering CIA, what he believes the in. CIA keeps us safe and watches over us. <laughs> oh God! Uh, it, yeah, it was a very it was a very stark condemnation of the, the intelligence community, which I appreciate. But oh, yeah, Will, Will Smith needs yeah he needs to t- attach himself to a, a pro- like take a fucking risk, do what Tom did, go work with Tarantino after you snubbed them for Django. Go work with a Wachowski. Go work with someone who's going to get you out of this comfort zone. And maybe it may not make a ton of money, but you'll do something fucking reinvigorating and fun. I'd, I would say, I'd argue and say that his past, like, four years have been risks. Go with uh, a more calculated risk. There you go. I, like, no one just picks uh, concussion out of the blue. And especially not someone like Will Smith. He knew that movie wasn't going to do crazy. I don't movies. know if that was a risk. It but was, that was his best decision. Yeah, that was his best. Yeah. Decade. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't insulting to our intelligence. I mean, like right now he just needs to stop making. I mean, these other ones, the ones we just listed, could be hits. But I mean, the last collateral beauty. Yeah. Focus. I'd say they're risks. Winners to they're, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> clearly they were risks. I, I would even I would even go further and say Suicide Squad's a risk for him. Yeah, because no. I mean even though he's a focal point, it's not the universe isn't a focal point to him. Yeah, he's just in it. Like like a lot. I don't think a lot of people went to see Suicide Squad because Will Smith was in it. He was just a part of that movie that they were trying to grab. Because I th- I feel like a lot of Suicide Squad was getting a lot of different audiences to go see that movie, and yeah. it succeeded. And it was obviously the people who love Joker, people who love Harley, and people who love Will Smith, and people who love DC movies all yeah. together. And but it, it and wasn't going to get him the Will Smith exactly. thing. And it, was, it isn't going to go forward, so he's not going to be able to turn that into a mission. A thing. mission impossible, yeah. He probably needs to make a movie with, you know, not this, but like, he does need to do Scorsese. Bad Boys 3. That's his... Yeah, honestly, it would be good. But it needs to go away from Bay. That's why I say it should. That's one reason I say it should go away from Bay. Because if they get someone else on it, like they do with Mission Impossible, get rotating directors, mm-hmm. rotating writers, these bad boys could be salvaged, much like the Fast and the Furious series in its third or fourth movie. Yeah, and you know who would really probably like it to be uh, out is Martin. <laughs> Martin is on Instagram like crazy. I follow Martin on Instagram. Listen, man, he's living a great life. But I feel as though like I, I remember the. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Def Comedy Jam. Anniversary thing, and yeah, they, I was at the taping. They and saluted Martin on that show. Saluted him, but like he didn't even do stand up. He just like was like thank you, and then left the stage. It was like yeah. I don't, I just don't think the guy likes the limelight anymore. Yeah. I think that's what broke him back when that incident we talked about when uh, he was running on the four hundred five. So uh, Will Smith, you guys are ready to wrap? Put a bow on this one. Yeah, yeah. Get another one in the in the video store. Put put it away. Yeah, yeah. go watch bad, both Bad Boys movies. I mean his nineties. Mid-90s to early aughts run is almost unimpeachable as far as watchable films. Um, they're not all great, but they were hits and for a reason. And <laughs> I would also defend fucking Wild Wild West. No, I'm going to watch that movie tonight. <laughs> and, and, and Eric, if it is as racist and bad as I, I hear it is. It's pretty fucking rough. <laughs> it's really bad. You got to turn in your woke card, buddy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn in the I'd, woke card. I don't know. I don't know if I can completely recommend it, but it... It might be worth it just for how insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's, it's, it's insane. insane. I don't know how. Laugh your ass off. I don't know how it got made. I really don't. Yeah. Will Smith allowed it. So once again, that's yet another episode of Late Feast. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, you can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Am I missing one? I don't think so. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Follow, All of those things. Follow, follow the Instagram account. Follow the Instagram account. Late Feast, a podcast, right? Yep. Late Fees a podcast. Late Fees a podcast. Our boy, our boy Wes is putting in work with great imagery, great captions. This is uh, a couple this is nudes. a homegrown. This is a homegrown operation. We all yeah. do different. We all like come up with different parts, whether it be from writing to editing it, and, and I love it that way. We, we are really a video store here. And well, one uh, thing I really want to say is, uh, if you find yourself at an arc light theater, <laughs> oh, go to one of the helpful people in a navy <laughs> button-down shirt and you say I want to be a gold circle member mm-hmm. and they will be so happy you'll give them $15 there you go I was going to ask you how much is it and you will perks for days thrilled do you and know what this month's uh, value item is yes I do it's the caramel corn no that was to like two months ago Really? really come back? Yeah. Then? Well, I don't know about for Gold Circle members. You have to be uh, a Gold Circle member. It's uh, better than that movie. Oh, no. shit. You know what it is? It's uh, 
No, this was July. It was the dibs. Dibs was last month. We saw, we, we saw a movie. Here's, we saw, let me, we saw, uh, we from Arclight, I got <laughs> fleece blanket. Mm-hmm. Journal that I took to Greece and Stamped. wrote extremely valuable information. <laughs> Stamped. Ice coffee travel cup made out of metal, not plastic. Stamped. Oh. Caramel corn. Stamped. Blankets. Bunch of crunch. Stamped. Uh, dibs frozen treats. Stamped. Arclight, holler at us. Uh, we are <laughs> proud members, and all we are all we are always sponsored by ArcLight Cinemas. In our hearts. That was that was a uh, our, our long commercial for it. <laughs> and as always, follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter, where you can see all the updates. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. You can follow me at OG Johnny Five, Pat at Pafifi on both platforms, and Eric. No one cares about his shit. Follow Wesley at Wesley Caldwell. On Twitter, yeah. sexiest man alive. Eric would just say, "Follow him on Instagram." Don't follow me anywhere. Yeah, I'm not. T- I'm not. T- I'm not giving out Eric's Instagram. That's how I prefer it, folks. At, at, at just follow the Eric. podcast, and that's all I'll be happy about. Okay, cool. So for <laughs> for for late fees for everyone on the on the uh, roundtable, I am Justin. Until next time, see you guys later Peace. at the video store. We are now closed. Woo.